You are listening to another Youth Ministry Podcast, a podcast of the Board of Youth and Young Adults of the BFC. We exist to refocus, recapture, and realign student ministry with a grace-filled and God-focused vision. I'm Chris. I'm Jared. And I'm Tim. And we just want to say good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time you listen to us, the three of us are just so glad that you do. We're we're very glad. And I'm glad to have Tim back. I'm glad to be back. In the sick, flesh. Sick children last week, people. Sick, sick children. children. And, about, and, and you mean about like being... ill children, not like they're sickos. <laughs> yes, they, not, they're not sickos. They, were, they had illnesses. <laughs> Maybe they're just really cool. It's yeah. sick, bro. Yeah, they're yeah. sick. <laughs> do, you, do you still use words like sick and your kids are like, what are you talking about? No. My kids are too young to understand those things. I meant students. Sorry. Oh, okay, all right, all right. They are our children. That's right. In one sense or another. They are. But, they uh, are. So speaking of being flexible, last week we talked about flexibility. <laughs> speaking of being... And Tim had to be flexible he just... with sick, ill children. Yes, but you know, he was flexible home. when a specific thing approached, and hopefully that's a one-timer, right? But what if... No, I think kids get sick a lot. Well, I mean, okay, a one... Offer every now and then. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, not like his sick his his kids are gonna be sick forever. Because if they okay. were sick all the time, then he'd have to adapt. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Oh, so you would have to adapt if your child came down with an illness that was li- for years. Yeah, like okay. a lifelong all right, illness. All right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I was flexible. That was probably one of the weirdest segues weird, we ever tried to use. But I was tracking with it for a little bit until Chris just totally derailed it. So. I think he used the wrong word. Maybe, yeah, right. Flexible and adaptability. But our conversation today is about adaptability. Yeah. And what's the difference between adaptability, Chris, and flexibility? That's a great question, Jared. <laughs> so flexibility, we talked about in our last episode, is, well, at least how, how, we, how we're using the terms. Tim actually looked up Google definitions, and they kind of had some of the... I went beyond Google and got multiple sources. Whatever from you use Google Did you as Google it. I yes. Google searched it, but okay. I, so on. the way we're using it, it, it is certainly count. certainly has like um, some of the nuances that we're emphasizing. Yes. But the way we're using the words is flexibility is something that is is a short term adjustment, and then your 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 plan is to go back to your original plan. So yeah. mm-hmm. you know that would be like a Friday night event. Something happens you didn't plan for. You got to be flexible, yeah. or a weekend, or a retreat, or even a missions trip, or yeah. whatever. Adaptability is more of a long-term change. You're actually changing your method, your approach. Um, something that's going to be more of a, let's say, semi-permanent change because you might have to adapt again in the future. So that's kind of the differences. So last time we talked about flexibility, as God in His providence bring things your way in the short term. Today, we're going to talk about adaptability, which, again, is still God's providence changing your circumstances more long-term. Yeah, and we have to remember we're going to be surprised by unexpected things that come up, whether they be need for flexibility in short-term, like Chris said, in a retreat setting, right? You're planning on having 20, 30 kids on a retreat, and then you end up having 10, right? You have to be a little bit flexible in how you attempt and uh, carry out that retreat because you're not going to be able to do the same things. Uh, as you were with 30 kids. Uh, but we also can be disappointed by the reality of life, right? Your kids get sick, right? You have to stay home. You have to balance who goes to work, who stays home with the kids. How do you go out? What do you what do, you do right? And so your, your situation, Tim, you were flexible because you still had to get work done, but you had your kids need to be cared for as well. To change my office space to home. 
but I also had to be flexible and take the day off. But but back to kind of the main <clears throat> what we were getting at with with adaptability thing. Right. I, I would say in the last year and a half, yes. you, you you've had to really adapt with your wife's schedule changing uh-huh. long term. Right. So and what you know, my wife currently that we've shared this on here before, she's in school <clears throat> and has a full time job with that that made us we had to adapt as a family to make sure that there was someone in the household that could handle those things that were going to fall to the wayside with one of the parents being extra busy. So we adapted. Yeah. And it, and and it, it it is interesting, right? So in, in every career, every family, every, really any, even uh, hobby that you have, you have to adapt at some point, right? Like we live in a changing world. But I, but I would say, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this, student ministry in particular, and maybe even children's ministry, really needs to be one that you adapt a lot. Because I would add several reasons. I'm curious to hear you guys' input. The, one, the first one that I'll throw out there, and then I'll, I want to open up to, to you guys, is the fact that every, depending on what your age range are, six or seven years, you have a completely different landscape of students. Like, if you have a youth group of 50, 60, 70 kids and you, you, you maintain those numbers over seven years, after seven years, not a single kid from when you, for that, for that first year is, is left. Like total turnover. Yeah, not to mention the fact that youth culture is always changing. Ahead of, um, ahead of everyone else. Ahead of everyone else's, right? They're, they're on the cutting edge in the sense of new ideas and new activities, new interests, new... Um, being influenced by new TV shows, things like that, that are always, it's always shaping and adapting. And the kids are unique um, from the families they come from, from the backgrounds, whether they're churched or unchurched. And so, they're, like you said, they're always changing. And almost even in half that time, you're going to have a whole new, yeah. like you're getting in a whole bunch of new sixth, seventh graders. Your your group has changed right. dramatically. Right. Yeah, especially because, yeah, even, even in a half year, or not half year, half of that six, seven year span, yeah. Those students who were sixth, seventh, eighth grade are now not uh, like tenth, eleventh, twelfth. Yeah. Right, they kind of move up into that sphere, and and their interests are different, and they have are. changed, yeah, uh, tremendously. Hopefully, like, yeah. Well, like for example, like I'm I'm about to turn thirty. I don't think I'll be nearly as different when I'm thirty three mm. as a mm. student who is now thirteen. Thirteen will be when he's sixteen, seventeen. That's so. True. Anyway, all, all that to say, brothers and sisters who are serving, uh, uh, you know, like we do in student ministry, it is a, an environment that if you're not willing to adapt, you will burn out, and 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 you, you will eventually have to close what you're doing, probably, because I mean, and, and in all of, of all youth ministry podcasts, I think we're we're one that really hammers the essentials big mm-hmm. time, things that should never change. But we're also here to say there are things that need to change continually. Amen. Well, we thought, I mean, we could talk and just cr- t- t- discuss adaptability for a while, but I think this is one of those things. This is a practical um, episode right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we thought it'd be fun. Um, I wrote down some uh, adapt or not to adapt questions for Chris. Shakespearean. Yeah, for Chris and to Jared to, uh, to respond, and I might add um, some input or not. Um, <laughs> and also for late, if we have time, I also threw some flexibility uh, questions down Ooh. here if we want to. Are you going to keep score? So th- There is no scoring. So. <sighs> no score. I'll keep score. Are you guys ready? 
Yes. Yeah, uh, and, and just so you know, we, we hope for our listeners that this can help you as well, because the, the goal was to make some of these questions things that you might have to deal with or handle. Yeah. All right. Yeah, here we go. Good. Ready here? Number one. Are we ready? We're ready. All right. Your local schools move multiple athletics to your youth meeting night, and you have a lot of athletes in your youth group. Do you adapt? Adapt or not to adapt? Adapt. I would say adapt. Uh, because you're, what's your goal? Your goal is to meet the needs of the students that you have, right? Right. So you don't adapt. You're alienating them saying, we don't care about you. You have to choose between sports and us. Yeah. And and the thing is, I th- there there is a little bit of a nuance here because I, I am one that really hammers the gathering and I and I have told I have told parents, you know, specific parents and also in, in general, like I, I I think that if if it comes down to whether your student can make like for example, snow glow or or a uh, tournament for a sport, come to snow glow. Like choose that over the sport, please, for crying out loud. But if if it's a matter of meeting on Wednesdays or Thursdays based on, you know, why make them make that choice you know in some regards they should have to make that choice at some point in their life but why why do it if 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 you can be flexible you know if you can't or adapt if you can't adapt i think you challenge them you know it'd be good for you to come but if if you can yes i think it would be a difficult one to also uh, adapt to because changing that night will still mean that some will be affected and yes. somebody will be upset especially your leaders because i've i here at cedar crest I, i've actually not ever seriously considered changing. Um, it, you know, who knows if we ever will. But we're we're a Sunday night meeting, and I've always wanted to move everything to Wednesday night. Um, and we have other Wednesday night things, so that's another wrench in the whole thing. But I've actually asked my leaders, and my leaders themselves have mentioned that they would multiple of them would not be able to serve on a Wednesday night. So mm-hmm. that's another thing to consider. Yeah, it does limit the adaptability of yeah. But I would say in principle. Yeah. All right. We're if you can do it. We're together. Yeah. Adapt. Right. Or your time. That's something I think you did at a Calvary or the guy before you. Well, right? they, they just adapted at Calvary that they actually combined the junior high and senior high. Um, and it was a long process of hit a communication to leaders over a long mm. m- monthly process, a reorganization of how he utilizes the leaders and how they were going to do it. Um, and they brought it in and implemented it and brought it in in the fall. So. Well, I guess also, what I also mean is, I think you, several years ago when you were still over that yourself, you you told me that your senior high start didn't yeah. start meeting until almost eight o'clock, right? And they went later on a Wednesday night because a lot of their sports. No, went. they they had a shorter meeting and they needed more length. I actually made it go later. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, but, but it did start adapt. after practices were over That's versus true. during practices. Yeah, and then yes. you got a lot better attendance. Yes, so you give them time to end practice, get home, right, and right. get there. That's right. a good idea. You ready for your next one? Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit us. All right. Your musically talented students are all graduating, and you, do, you don't have music sk- uh, You're not going to have musically talented students for the following year. Mm. What can you adapt, or would you adapt? What could you adapt? What wouldn't you adapt? I mean, you're, you're, you're going to have to adapt in this situation. <laughs> you're kind of being No, forced. you can't graduate. You must yeah, stay here exactly. and play for us. I mean, it, yeah. Uh, not adapt, uh, obviously, and in adapting, look for leaders who might be able to do it, uh, other people in the church, maybe from your worship team, if you have a worship team, that can come in and play, because you're trying, uh, ultimately the goal is to make it, like we talked about before, much similar to 
you, the rest of the church, how the rest of the church operates and worships. And so bringing some of those people in, maybe they can spark interest and train some of the younger students, but I would say look out. Do, do we stop music ministry? No. No, so what... That's that's where I would argue you 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 don't adapt right. in that regard. You're a small church. Let's 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 help some Ooh. of our listeners yep. here. Okay, trim I'm going to more trim, specific. Okay, okay. You're a small church. You are not musically talented. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah. But you, we believe that music ministry. How do we adapt? So the Bible commands us to sing, and granted, we, we don't have to sing at every gathering. So I I would say if you're choosing not to sing, you're not in sin because of that. But I would argue that it's best to sing because you're trying to teach these students what the elements of corporate worship are. So I, we've always tried to, except like the ordinances, we have incorporated prayer, music, preaching, teaching in all of our mm-hmm. student ministry gatherings. And we're actually in that boat ourselves. We, we lost a lot of seniors who were very key in our music ministry. Um, and uh, But here's the beautiful... And we actually lost our worship leader used to come... It was every night, every Sunday, and then it was every other. Now it's none. And we have tried to get an adult volunteer to do it. We have one, but he's not more really an upfront guy. So I'll, I'll just be honest. The, excuse me, the, uh, the um, um, experience level is not quite there right now with the group of students that we have, but, but we have like four or five students that are being developed and learning and, and putting themselves out there mm. in a, in a risky quote situation where sometimes things go wrong or they sing the wrong note, but or they play the wrong note. But they're but they're doing it, and I'm like that is invaluable. That's teaching them to serve, persevere, and grow. So even though maybe the quote quality, because we also had a college guy or a, 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 a master's level guy come and play guitar, he can't do it anymore. So, but it's like, okay, do we just go to one guitarist now? No, I think mm-hmm. you. I just said, you know what, I'm a. It, we had a great era, but this is a new era. You adapt mm-hmm. the music ministry, right? And I would encourage um, talking about small churches. There, there are everything. There's everything out there from back tra- backing tracks. There, yep. are, there. Mm-hmm. I've also been in youth ministries and seen them use YouTube mm-hmm. um, to to help. And, lead. and that's not wrong. And, that's and, right. and I, would, I would even say, even if you have songbooks and you just sing a cappella, you get one person. Maybe you have one leader who can at least barely carry a tune just to start, start it. Yeah, that is. There's. You don't need to have a band. No. And he walks with me, and we move on to the next question. <laughs> the next question. <laughs> All right. A group leader suggests that you preach less and teach more with questions and discussion. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. Is that really an adapting thing? If it's just one, I would guess I would investigate that more. Uh, if it's one person. Yep. Um, but at the same time, I would say you need to be able to teach or preach to the level or the interest of the capacity of your students, right? If they're if those group leaders come to you and says no one's getting anything out of what you're saying, then you got to maybe adapt your teaching style to best fit that group um, without sacrificing right or, the truth. Or, or we spice it up. It's it's your your the majority of your youth leader team t- telling you that that's what they're hearing. Um, I, I would say there's again you you decide you are going to be grounded on the core essentials. You're going to preach, you're going to teach, and that's what God uses, is what his word commands. But um, I think you try to act, you try to acquiesce to their requests in the sense that you, all right, I'm going to create discussion questions for you, and I'll try to give you more time. So kind mm-hmm. of the, the balance I've tried to come out with this is 
I, I preach 35 minutes. That's my goal. I'm not going to change that because I think you need at least that range to really communicate well. At least I, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, but we've actually trimmed off the game time hmm. to give more time for small group discussion. So I think you do adapt there, but you have to walk through that one a little more carefully. Um, I, I, I don't think you just blow it off. That is something I think is important. All right, your student culture shifts from Bible knowledgeable students to Bible illiterate students over five years. Uh, let's say over three years. Yeah, you have to adapt. Why wouldn't you adapt? Hmm? How would you not adapt? If you don't, in this situation, if you don't adapt, then you're you're teaching to kids who don't well, understand what you're talking about. Okay, but how do you adapt? That's a better question. I think what you teach. What you teach. You go back to the basics. You yep. start simple, and even incorporate things that educate them in things of the Bible as simple as sword drills and things like that where you're teaching them the basics that you would hope that they would have learned or picked up whether they come from the children's program or off the street you want them to know these things so you start yeah. incorporating some of those things and you become less not watered down but less deep at least initially and hopefully you can build that yeah perfectly you can build that up yeah I mean it, <clears throat> well and, and, and even I, I would say you want to be just as Deep, you just recognize you got you got to dig slower. Mm. Um, you, you have to go. Th- you have to plunge into the depths of the Bible at a slower pace, so that they don't just get so whipped around by whiplash that they don't see anything that you're trying to take them mm. to show them. Um, and I, I would say that I, I actually just had this conversation with our lead pastor. Um, our, our lead pastor, if you're in the BFC, you know Jason Hoy. He is expositional preaching through books of the Bible through and through. That's who I am. P- preach through books of the Bible, but I just said to him, you know, I was thinking. I'm almost wondering if the better approach to student ministry, because they're getting that here on Sunday mornings from him, would be if I would take more of an approach to um, kind of preach through bigger themes in the Bible, Um, selected passages that that show a bunch of threads to them so that that they're getting a bigger picture through Mm. student ministry. I've honestly, I mean, the word of God's going to work, right? We're going through John now. That's I chose John because of that very reason. We saw that shift, but... I'm, I was sitting there going, well, it'll take me two years to get through John or more. It, it, is it worth maybe not doing this mm-hmm. at this level? Because if they're attending your church, they are getting that approach on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I think you do adapt for sure. All right. Uh, your leaders tell you that they feel that the students are overteached and want more game time and less teaching time. Adapt or not adapt. Chris, you kind of already a little bit talked about this, but do you adapt? Or not to adapt? Maybe. Adapt and getting new leaders. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I think that, you know, you got to, we, we have to, you got to think through this. Yeah, right? I know. So, That's a silly answer. Yeah. Because you would, I think the argument here would be like, I'm not adapting to that. Like, yeah, it's, it, it, I think, it totally in, in that sense, I, I feel like I've had this situation actually. Um, you create other opportunities. You're for, offended. I am offended. Uh, you, you, Provide other opportunities for games um, and times like that, whether it be a weekend event or Friday night event. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I think the true scenario is a parent came up to me and said this or something along those lines. Uh, and so you provide other opportunities for them to be able to do those things. And then that's on them to take advantage of it. Like you can't right. force it. But I think you hold sac- you have to hold sacred to the teaching time because that's that's the main reason why we're gathering one of the main reasons why we're gathering right. in the first place. I mean, I again, th- this is a John MacArthur answer because it came from a book that our elders are studying right now. But um, 
he, he argues that you, you can never over teach God's people in the sense of that they can't get too much preaching and teaching when you gather, obviously if that's all you ever get is that you never live your life. <laughs> but he's talking about in the, in the gathering that, you know, we have so much to learn and so little time. And yeah. God has said so much about so many things. And our kids are so inundated by the world mm-hmm. that I would tell that, that, that leader, you know, especially if I'm doing my 30, 35 minutes now, I would just say, I, you know, we might be at an impasse philosophically and, 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 you know, we, we have 35 minutes of came time. We have 15, 20 minutes of, of worship and announcements, 35 minutes of preaching, teaching, and then 30 minutes of small group. And if you think that's not a good structure, I want to hear what you have to say and why, mm-hmm. but most likely in that situation, they might have to step aside or just, you know, agree to disagree and keep going. Yeah. Well, maybe in that case too, if you're not already at, I think two hours would be the max you can do it in the evening. Yeah. So if you're not already at that two hours and you have the, the yeah. flexibility or the adaptability to sure. to push that, yeah. Right now we meet for an hour and a half, and so in our current context, it'd be hard to push it two hours because we match up with all the other family right. things on Wednesday nights. But maybe if you have that room to adapt in that way, maybe adapt that way so you can add more time without yeah. taking away time. Yeah. New local laws require buildings to have a gender-neutral bathroom. Do you adapt? I punt that to the elders. <laughs> yeah. Chris says, get me um, out. I don't want to talk. Also, I think that only really applies if you're building a new building. Well, I don't think they can mandate in existing buildings yet. What, 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 so what, so what we actually you did. punt it back and say, I'm not even answering this question. Right. Well, yeah, I above think, my pay rate. Yeah, I, I think the church can adapt in the sense of our elders just created a family bathroom. Yeah, and so sure, we're we're not we're not affirming that there's a third category or beyond of gender, but we are. If if you'd rather use a neutral bathroom, go for it. Yeah, and we have we have two of those in our church already. Yeah. So I I would say in that yes, but you're but 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 you're not going to call it a yeah a gender a family. Thing. So that's like, where you don't adapt. Is yeah. again, it's not changing our doctrine or anything right. like, like that. I I was at a quote air quotes Christian school right. in our area that I won't name for legal purposes. Uh, several years ago, and I was in their library um, in our here, and uh, they had um, on their on their neutral bathrooms they had the male um, icon, the female icon, and then a half and half. Ah, there we go. And I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. All right. Do you guys have any uh, adapt or not adapt ideas or? Yeah, I, I just want to throw out the fact that there are some categories here that we, we you know, we talked completely and wholly here on ministry. I would say there's also personal life, mm. um, mm-hmm. you know, in areas that you might have to adapt. And so I, I just want to highlight maybe some areas, some principles about where we can adapt and where we can't adapt in both of these categories. So I'll guess I'll start with the personal life and we'll jump in and we'll wrap up with, with the coming back to the ministry area. Mm-hmm. I would say that in, in in your personal life, for example, like maybe days off, um, uh, when you take your vacation, things like that, uh, when you come into the office, you can certainly adapt with your schedule, your hours that you work as far as when you work them or the days that you have off in order to be more productive in the office. Um, but you cannot adapt in that you will, for example, work more hours or hours that like for, I, for example, would never ever want to work where I'm not going to be home until after seven because that's when mm-hmm. my kids go to bed um, because that'll, that's not fair to them. I don't care how it benefits a ministry here. I'm not going to do it. Like I've always taken a stand here 
with the elders. Not, and I've never had to do it in a malicious way with them no. at all or a hard, fast way. They've always been very respectful, but I've always said like my family's my family. And so you can be adaptable with that sort of thing. But um, as far as when you do it, like I, I think someone said, you can always borrow from your family, but you should never take from your family or trade with your family. Yeah. So that's that's where I would say that's that's a principle there. Yeah, I think that adapting as your family grows in size, also the ages of your children. Yep. Um, I was even thinking that as my family came around, I had to adapt that I was able before children, I was able to go out in the evenings more often, hang out with students later into the night, um, not worried about the next day or my energy. I didn't need as much energy for the next day or for my sleep, children. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so when the children came on, I had to evaluate what was my max nights out mm. in the week. Um, I had to set requ- uh, minimums and maximums and um, and determine those. And I had to adapt um, the free-spirited life to more of a... Uh, scheduled and, and planning and thinking. Yeah. One thing that's important because it shows the students what's important too, right? You, you are always going to their things, which is important. It's a good thing to do. But if you're always meeting them on their turf, then it's in, in dating them with the idea of that they're important and they're the center of the world, right? Mm-hmm. People are revolving around them. But then the nice thing is in adapting, you get to invite them in into your world. Yeah. And to show them what it looks like to interact uh, with your wife or your spouse or with your kids. And um, my kids are not an integral part of the ministry, but they're around. The kids know who they are. Uh, they know who several of the kids are. They keep asking. Every time a senior graduates, they're like, oh, where is this person? I miss this person. Uh, and so adapting to family life. Uh, even things that we talked about kind of before, adapting in your your spouse's schedule change, yep. adapting to, God forbid, a health crisis that yep. strikes your family that you're going to have to think about the rest of your life and adapting to those things uh, and how you do ministry in light of those things is important. And to keep in mind, brothers and sisters, that, you know, you don't want to jump to this conclusion, but adapting might mean that you no longer serve as a regular in student ministry, whether you change vocations or um, you don't volunteer quite as much anymore, you know. And so real quick, we'll kind of wrap up uh, here um, in, in adapting in your ministry you can always adapt your schedule. You can always adapt the extracurricular things. You can always shift. You know, I would even say recruiting people that can, you know, work better in your environment. But you can never adapt the core essentials: preaching, teaching, the word of God, the gospel, right. um, the message. So yeah. To speak. Well, you know, they'll talk about singing, incorporating right. those aspects right. of worship, uh, right. prayer, songs, and um, yeah. And so that's adapting is ever important and we're adapting even on this podcast and so we thank you for listening to uh this episode of another youth ministry podcast please connect with us on instagram another ym podcast or please email us at another ym podcast at gmail.com we would love to respond and read your emails if you give us permission on the air 